the State Department sends foreign service officers all across the world to advance America's diplomacy. The families they bring with them to overseas posts often contribute to the mission through their own off-the-clock volunteer efforts. In recognition of this work, the State Department, through its Secretary of State Award for Outstanding Volunteerism Abroad, is showcasing projects that address some of the biggest international issues. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman attended this year's ceremonies. The State Department, for 32 years now, has been giving the SOSA Award to Foreign Service family members for volunteer work that has a profound impact on their overseas posts and the communities that they call home for at least two or three years at a time. State Department leaders say the awardees, in their own unofficial way, are advancing the mission of the Foreign Service. And this year, the award-winning Foreign Service family members led projects supporting some of the department's top priorities, helping Ukrainians displaced by the war with Russia, addressing pollution and climate issues, and making sure personnel affected by lockdowns in China have access to essential goods. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, in a pre-recorded message, said the awardees demonstrate some of America's best values, service and compassion towards others by investing their time and talents in their communities. Their work complements the official diplomacy being led by our Foreign Service officers. Both Foreign Service officers and their loved ones do this work without fanfare and without expectation of any award. They do it because they care, because it's who they are. Undersecretary for Management and Resources Brian McCune says the awardees are a testament to America's volunteer spirit. I stand in awe of those of you who sign up for this life and undertake it. And for those of you who are doing this volunteer work, you know, you're creating a community or contributing to the creation of the community with the turnover every year at a post, lots of new folks arriving, and you are sustaining the community with your, your efforts. Meredith Wiedemer has been part of Foreign Service life for about eight years. Her husband is a Foreign Service officer. She received a SOSA award for helping to lead a donation center in Moldova that's provided emergency supplies like food, hygiene items, and baby supplies to nearly 40,000 refugees. Wiedemer says her volunteer work started out as responding to a rapidly evolving crisis. One of my friends, who's the programming director of Peace Corps, said, you know, we're looking for volunteers. I emptied my kitchen, you know, got my kids old closed and showed up on day one, and I didn't leave for six weeks. Before international aid and humanitarian groups could get on the ground in Ukraine, Wiedemer helped raise $200,000 in private donations to buy essential goods for Ukrainian refugees. We realized that international organizations had not been set up yet, so all of this was going to be privately funded. So I started soliciting donations from, you know, my friends and family abroad. And overnight, I sort of put out a little post on Instagram and said, hey, I'm going to buy groceries tomorrow if anyone wants to send me any money. I thought maybe I'd get maybe like three, $400, and I woke up to about $7,000. And from there, it just continued. In about five weeks, I raised $100,000. And all of that went directly to refugees. And I was sharing real-time stories about families that were fleeing from Ukraine into Moldova on a nightly basis. And just, I think, people in the U.S. and all over the world wanted to do something, and they just didn't know how. And I think I was just giving them a direct line to know the $20 that they were spent was buying 20 packs of ramen noodles, and those were going directly into the hands of mothers and children. Wiedemer says that about two weeks into the conflict, she realized the war in Ukraine meant refugees were in for the long haul and needed long-term support from aid organizations. She reached out to an NGO in Moldova called Family Federation and worked together on ways to do more to support Ukrainians displaced by the war. It was really hard to see mothers coming in with their small children by themselves, tattered clothing, snowing outside. They had no idea where to go. And I knew that just diapers and wipes and, you know, canned foods was not going to help them in, in the long haul. 
In mid-April, Wiedemer opened up the Sunflower Center. It's a creative community center that provides psychosocial support for mothers through group counseling, yoga, and other services to improve the well-being of Ukrainian women and children. We do, you know, meditation and other things to help support them. And simultaneously, we provide services, early childhood development classes for their kids. So we do music, art, English classes, and all of the teachers, for the most part, at our center are actually Ukrainian women themselves. So it's really great because we're one of the only centers in the city that can actually teach and instruct in Ukrainian, right? Majority of Moldova speaks Romanian or Russian, but I think families really feel like coming to our center, they can actually connect with people who are also in their situation. Wienemer says her work is focused on promoting the overall health of an individual, which is what her community center is all about. I'm a mom myself, and I said, these moms need help. Like, just the look in their eyes was was really devastating, and I knew that they needed to speak to somebody. But how can you have these women take an hour, two hours out of their day to speak to someone who's a professional when they have children and they have no one to watch? So I thought we have to do something with a hybrid approach where we're helping the moms, but we're also helping the children. The Sunflower Center is built on Wiedemer's background as an integrative health coach, a career switch she made as part of foreign service life. I used to work at Morgan Stanley, and I was um, an executive director there working on um, foreign exchange operations. But then when my husband sort of switched careers, I had to also take a look and say, I can't, I need to find a job that I can take around the world. So I went back to school to become an integrative health coach. Um, so it's similar to a nutritionist. So I, I, work with, um, I work with foreign service officers and EFMs around the world virtually, and then I also work with people at posts. In order for someone to feel their best, it's not just about the food that they eat or the exercise that they do, um, but it's also about their relationships, um, their beliefs, looking at the whole person. So I think that's also why when I was working at the donation center, knowing that just canned foods and ramen noodles, you need it, that, that's going to make that person feel happy and helped in that moment. But in the long term, in order for these people not to feel left behind, and especially the children, right? Uh, we want to make sure when they go home back to Ukraine that they haven't fallen so far behind, um, that they can't sort of like reintegrate and re-step on the path forward, um, you know, to becoming happy and su- successful adults. So I think that also sort of helped me look at It just at occurred to me, person. hey, if these folks had a pressure cooker, it could certainly save them a lot of time in cooking. Uh, as, a, as a cook myself, as an engineer and a cook, um, it just made logical sense. She says this work also breaks down the stigma of what mental health support looks like and getting help to people who might be resistant to the idea. And so we really had to be strategic about how are we going to offer psychosocial support to a community that we know needs it, but still there is in the former Soviet countries that stigma of, um, you know, I don't need any help. I'm not crazy, right? So we started, we had to really be thoughtful about that. And so we started something called a mom's club, right? So we welcome people to a friendship circle. And then during that time, we had someone who was a psychologist who was able to lead a guided discussion. And we really have tried to break down that stigma of what mental health and that sort of support actually looks like. The realities of the war are close to home. Wiedemer says her house is about a two-hour drive from the Ukrainian border. She says that at some points, the internet, heat, and power have all been cut off. She says she won't get on an elevator in Moldova because of the potential for power outages. We go outside and we're downtown and my son sees a drone in the air and points out the drone and my five-year-old daughter says, is that a Russian drone? And she has this startled look in her eyes. Those are the challenges. Those are real things that on a daily basis 
I'm having to navigate with my young children and just letting them know that they're safe. Justin Wimpy is the husband of a foreign service officer who's been on the job for about 20 years. They've been together for about 11 of those years. He received a SOSA award for developing a pressure cooker that would be easy to mass produce in Madagascar. Wimpy has a background in engineering, cooking, and sustainable technology. He worked with a local family-run workshop to produce and sell over 650 pressure cookers that have saved households time, reduced air pollution, and reduced dependency on charcoal. We worked on a couple of different prototypes and made a bunch of changes, and it's as much my idea as it is theirs because they, they were able to fix it locally and make it a success. The reduction in charcoal used from the pots already sold will offset the emissions of approximately 1,300 cars for the next decade. Wimpy says that the pots will help reduce the incredible amount of deforestation that occurs from making charcoal. For as much as these awards celebrate these achievements, the reality is that foreign service families often encounter challenges finding formal employment at posts overseas. As an EFM overseas, it's often hard to find uh, employment, and a lot of EFMs end up going and volunteering or finding a project that they can work on on their own. Wimpy has been on three overseas tours as a foreign service family member, but he says finding projects that suit his background helps him give back to the community. This one suited my background as an engineer, um, and I used to work in renewable energy work for a long time. Um, so when you can find something that you can do locally and, and give back to a community or a country um, that's shaped you in some way, it's, uh, it's a good feeling. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.